You are now listening to the Whipped Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantel Chapman. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Chantal and Bianca. So today, um, I think we need to talk about forgiveness a little more. We had uh, that last episode on forgiving your parents. And yeah, I got so many messages on social media and on my phone about it. How about you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like one of our listeners was posting about it in video on stories and she was in tears and I think it really resonated with a lot of people. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just <laughs> the title alone was like, oh God, do I even want to click on this? I know. I, did, I didn't even want to listen to it back because it's like just one of those subjects you'd love to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to warn my mom about it and <laughs> she <laughs> sent me a text She's like, so I just decided to listen to your podcast while I'm sitting in the hairdresser's chair getting my hair done, and I'm sitting there bawling my eyes out. And the hairdresser, what? You didn't tell me that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I didn't warn you. So what else? What else did she say? Why was she bawling? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a liar. (laughs) <laughs> it was just I mean I think it was just nice for her to hear and um I think uh, I have no idea I haven't I need to like process it a, a little more maybe talk to her on a deeper level about how it was for her yeah find out why she had that reaction whether I mean you said you said that she was just like happy to hear it yeah 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 I think like parents have so much pressure, you know, and like for them to be viewed through an empathetic lens must feel really good to them. Totally. You know? Totally. Um, but that said, uh, we, one of my friends, Jacqueline Jennings, who we actually interviewed on the podcast before she, um, she she was posting on Instagram and she she made a good point about she she shared our podcast and she said that you know forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to have a relationship with someone who's hurt you in the past and that's why I want to talk more about forgiveness today and you posted something about that as well um, and just get into a little bit like what forgiveness can actually be so I'm just reading a little blurb that we put. A- out for last week's promotion of the podcast and we're just going to kind of get into it more today um so forgiveness is not it is not approving it is not excusing the action denying it or overlooking it it is not just moving on particularly with cold indifference it is not forgetting or pretending it did not occur 
It is not justifying or letting go of possibly needing justice. It is not calming down. It is not a bargain or negotiation. It is more than ceasing to be angry. It is more than being neutral towards the other. It is more than making oneself feel good. So that was just a little like list that I found um, while I was reading about forgiveness. I was actually Googling what forgiveness does to the mind and body, like scientifically. That's where I was like kind of looking at it from. Did your research um, find? So my research found, I mean, a lot of the things that I knew right off the bat, but then when you really delve into it, but it just, it literally can cure diseases and, and cure muscle soreness and muscle tension and back pain and anxiety and depression. It's like, so when I think about forgiveness, um, I think about releasing something from your body and getting it out. Yeah. And then when I think about that, this is what made me Google it. it. It also made me think about, okay, if you're releasing something and getting it out, what is that actually doing to the brain and your actual body and like issues in the tissues, if you may, we say that all the time. So yeah. that's what I was kind of, and I want to delve into it more. Like I only got to Google a bit because I've been so busy, but I want to actually look at what it's actually doing to like our brain and the wiring. I love that. I also feel the same thing, like forgiveness um, to me, I think of freedom, you know, like freedom from maybe some suffering that doesn't need to be there anymore. Um, and I also think about that really famous Nelson Mandela quote about resentment. Because when you don't forgive, you, you're going to have this like this essence of resentment. And he says resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. It's so real. Oh my God. I just, I just can think back. I mean, I think there's also many things I still need to forgive that I'm maybe not even aware of in the moment, but I remember just having such resentment towards my parents or family members or people around me or even friends that I had grown up with. Um, and when I chose to forgive them, it's when I realized how much the resentment was like holding me down and making me an angry, dark person. And you think it's because of all the other things. Like you think it's because, oh, I don't have, it, I don't have the job I, ha I want, or I don't have the house I want, or I don't have any of these things. And you think that's why you're that person, but it wasn't. It was because of all the shit and resentment that I was holding on to and anger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I think of anytime I hear that quote. Yeah. And it's like, and the resentment you're holding is, is you poisoning yourself? Like, you know, and that's, and that's what I think Jacqueline was kind of getting at when she shared our podcast was like, you can forgive and still not have a relationship with that person and still like have your boundaries, but you're doing it for yourself. Like you're setting yourself free, free from that poison that you're drinking every single time you sit in the space of not forgiving. Totally. And I think, um, well, I think we should talk about yesterday, what you said, intention versus impact. Cause that's, I was just, what I'm about to say is tying into that, but it's like the last part of that little blurb that I just read, the, 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 it was, it, it said, you're doing this more than to just feel good. And it's like, yeah, you can forgive because you actually do want to feel good about yourself. And it can give you a confidence boost to be like, Oh, I overcame that. And I actually forgave the person. But it's not just about feeling good for a few moments in the forgiveness. It's like it has such an impact on your well-being. Yeah. And whether you believe it or care or not, it has an impact on the other person's well-being too. Because sometimes they don't even, like sometimes somebody wants to be forgiven so bad that they, like for something that they've done to you and they just, the guilt kind of has been sitting there for so long. And they might not even know that that's why 
that they want, sorry, that they want to be forgiven. So you doing that for them is also freeing them of something so probably heavy or hard, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, so yesterday we were talking about, Bianca and I were just having a little catch up and we were talking about impact, no, sorry, intention versus impact. So I went to this business, small business convention on the weekend here in Vancouver and there was a panel on um, diversity and inclusion and the panelists were amazing, but there was this one woman who, um, she, she has said so many profound wise things. And one thing she was talking about, um, was your intention versus your impact. And so like in the workplace, like if there's any, um, uh, discrimination or racial issues that come up in the workplace, um, you know, if you're the person who is doing something that comes across as um, being discriminatory or racist, oftentimes you might fall back on like your intention. Like, that's not my intention. I just didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't uh-huh. there. That's not my intention. But w- the problem with that is you, the impact is not being looked at. So like you can do something and it could have a negative impact on someone. So I was really thinking about this very deeply, like how would it, how it applies in that space, but also how it implies like on a micro level. And I was thinking about our conversation on forgiveness and, uh, you know, forgiveness I feel is like acknowledging the intention, right? Mm-hmm. Acknowledging the intention. And then, and then when you come back to yourself, and this is how I feel, I want to operate from a place where I am responsible for my impact, not just my intention. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So like when I walk into a room, I'm responsible for the energy that I bring into the space because my energy is going to impact people, right? That's my responsibility. Anything I do, I'm, I, I want to live a life where I am doing everything I can to take responsibility for my impact, even though I know to a core my intentions are good most of the time, right? Um, but if we flip that around, if I'm in a situation where something happens to me, um, or I'll use one of my clients as an example. So I have a client who's... Um, mother is like constantly on her about debt, right? And like her choices in life and her impact is negative. The mother's impact is so negative and, and the daughter is, is really suffering from it. So we, we spend a lot of time talking and trying to understand on an empathetic level, her, her mother's intention, right? Her mother's intention. And we talked about this on the last podcast is good. It's an intention of care. You know, like I want to make sure my daughter's right. And I think she should live her life in this way. It's just her delivery is not informed. So it has a negative impact. So you're focusing on the intention with her so heavily because she knows exactly what the impact is and that's all she's focused on. She knows the impact. And I'm like, you're not responsible. You are not responsible for her impact. That's on her. It's not okay. Her impact allows you to create boundaries. But if you want to truly set yourself free 
from like the pain that this causes you, you need to focus on her intention so you can get to a place of forgiveness. You know what I mean? And then, Mm -hmm. but however, when you turn the mirror around on yourself, because you, you saw like the, the impact, you felt the impact of her, you now need to commit to being more conscious and taking ownership for your impact in all your interactions. Which then that's when the boundary kind of arises. Um, Yeah. Yes. Because it's like, I even think about this with work. It's like, I hear a lot of people, like I'll hear people in my industry complaining like, oh, they just keep throwing everything at me and I'm having to take responsibility for things and do things and run errands for people. And it's not my job, but I'm like, but are you vocalizing the boundary that that is not your job? Like you, are you vocalizing that this is the, this is what I'm willing to take on and this is what I'm not? Because if you're not, of course, people are going to try and go over and beyond because you're not vocalizing what you're allowing in your space or not. That makes sense? Yes, it totally makes sense. And I think that, I think we should also acknowledge that people do not want to voice their boundaries in so many different ways. And I do it all the time too, because you don't want to seem mean or rude or like a bitch or like you're asking for too much or you're a diva or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I see this a lot in my industry in the makeup world, just to give you guys some context that any, I see it with women specifically, if they ask for anything that they are entitled to be getting a lunch or a this or that or whatever it is, if they vocalize that too much, she's a diva. She's a diva. She's hard to work with. I'm like, I don't get it. Like it's, it's, I find it to be such a, it's like you either don't say anything or you, if you say too much, you're, you're, you're labeled as something. And I think people are very fearful, especially women of that label. So I think we, we just shut up and I see that happen a lot. Um, so I I don't know how we got there from forgiveness, but I just think it was like the next step up. Well, cause I think you're trying to talk about like your impact. Well, I was just, I just think what arises within a forgiveness piece is that you also are responsible to create boundaries for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's something that I've been really working on and sometimes I fail and sometimes I pass, but it's, it's such an important part that I think that we forget. And I think even we should also, we should also just acknowledge that when you are forgiving someone, it doesn't mean like the two things you said, you want to acknowledge their intention. Like I know mom, you were nagging me because of, because of money, because you really care um, about my financial future and my future in general. And you're, it's coming from that place, but you also need to acknowledge with the same person, the impact that it's had on you because they don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes to the example. So I found the name of the woman on the panel. Her name's Naomi Grace Child, and she owns a company called Euphony Works. Okay. Um, so she's like a diversity uh, expert. Okay. So it, what you just said comes to the same thing, like any discrimination in the workplace. Like if we only focused on the intention because they're like naive or, or sorry, they're, um, they're just like ignorant and they haven't done the work around understanding how to be inclusive, um, we're excusing, we're excusing behavior that has a negative impact and it's just going to continue, continue and continue. Cause you'll be, you're like, well, they had a good intention. Right. right? So right. yeah, it's, it's really about like looking at both of those and taking responsibility for yourself. Um, so I always want to show up in a way where I acknowledge my, I am responsible for my impact, but if I'm really suffering from someone else's behavior, 
I'm going to look at the impact. I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to create boundaries from it. But I'm also going to look at their intention to set me free. Yes. So I think, I mean, if when if we just leave some like, like literally numbered, I, I don't even like a, a, a drop list of what people can do to forgive, because I feel like people don't even know how to do it. You know, we're so trained to just like, cut it off, forget your feelings, shove it under the rug. Don't worry about it. Move on with your life. Like that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I think a really simple, tangible thing for people to do is like, focus, like, even if you just journal it to start, like focus on the intention of what the person was trying to help like do for you let's use the mom as the example her intention was to help her daughter with money and you also don't know where that's coming from her mom might have a ton of like just a ton of stuff from her background where she's so scared about money so she's transferring it to her daughter yeah yeah so you want to focus on the intention with the person and you want to second thing you want to do is acknowledge the impact with the person directly you don't want to just keep that impact in your mind like tell them this is what yeah. it's done to me it's created anxiety it's made me nervous about money it's da, 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 da. yeah and then also create the boundary and say mom i know what i'm doing if i need help i will let you know but yeah. i don't want you badgering me about money all the time because if you are i'm going to shut down the conversation that's called the boundary yeah exactly yeah and it's also it's also i think that flow is case by case too you know, depending yeah. on what the situation is like, you know, I, I were talking about a couple different examples on like a micro personal level and then on a bigger scale, like discrimination in the workplace. Like, you know, again, that, um, that like focus on intention in some search situations is not okay. Like in some situations, I feel like we need to be like, no, enough. Like, I don't give a shit about your fucking intention. You know, like mm -hmm. time you open up your eyes and have a little bit more awareness and take responsibility for this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Totally. And for that sure. also is a form of forgiveness too, because it's like, you can pull yourself out I don't know. It's just such a fine line between like trying to like understand their intention. You might get too sucked into that energy, like into a space of like, oh, they were just trying to do this. You're like making excuses versus being like a warrior, like you say. Or it's a balancing like, act, man. It's a balancing act, and it, and there's different approaches. There's different energies to bring to different situations. In some cases, we'd be like, we need to be like. I don't care what your intention was. This is not okay. Yes. You know, totally. you know what I mean? Totally. Well, I mean, relationships are a perfect example of this. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you hear it all the time. It's like, yeah, but he didn't mean to cheat. He was going through a really bad time in his life. But it's like, also, is that acceptable for you? Yeah. It may be, but is, if it isn't, that's a problem. And you need to like lay down the law in that scenario. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it really, like you said, it's, it's a, it depends on the situation and the scenario. And these are just broad, I think, tips for like, I'm not even tips. They're broad. I mean, I've used them in my life, but they're broad things that can create conversations to, towards forgiveness. Yeah. You know, it might be as easy as like, use these, use these steps and that'll be the end of the conversation. Or it might be something really deep and hard. And that's just the beginning. You know, yeah. like those things are just the beginning. But what I think is important to acknowledge is that that creates a doorway and a space for you to even get down that road. Yeah. It's, also, it's all about like the self-inquiry, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I could just, I, always, I can always use my dad as an example on this because it's like, if I focus on too much of the intention, um, 
the the relationship between us, he can kind of railroad me because, um, like, like we've said, there's going to be people in your life where you're never going to be able to change their behavior. You have to change your, your behavior. So like, I've had to change the way I interact with him. So it's like, if I keep focusing on his intention with things, which is always the best intention, it's always the best intention whenever I think about it. Like he doesn't have malicious or bad intentions towards me. But if I focus on that all the time and my forgiveness of him, like the relationship become, can become toxic because there's some scenarios where I need to like lay down the law and the boundary. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because there's, well, what you said with the cheating thing and the girl, like even the tone of voice that you used, it had this like very weak essence to it. Like, Oh, he just cheated because he was, (laughs) first of all, what the, you sound so fucking weak. And that, that's kind of, I think, where that's coming from versus being like, he's going through some shit. I get it. But his actions are not okay. Ignore okay, it. but how do we... Okay, so this is what... Okay, so, so how do we... Okay, so this is my question now that you were speaking and this came up because you brought up the tone of voice thing, voice thing. And so we see one voice is weak and one voice is strong. To me, they're both way too intense. How do we get somewhere in the middle where our communication is like creating the boundary and the forgiveness and all of the stuff? I don't know, because then I'm like, well, maybe you do need to get angry sometimes and have those emotions. I don't know. It's so hard. Yeah. I mean, I just think that this is, this is what life is about to explore. Where is the middle path in everything? What's the middle path? It's never I like, hate that middle path. focus on intention, only focus on impact. It's the, what is my middle path? And, and it changes depending depending on where you're at. And also like, you know, we can, you were talking about like, how do I be neutral? How do I be balanced? Well, we know like we could do our Kundalini pranayama practices and we can get really neutral in the mind. Right. Totally. But also it's very important. I think for us to experience our range of emotions as humans. For sure. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Because I think those, I think those emotions then lead you to the to the awareness that you're looking for. Yeah. Like you blow up and you explode, and then you sit back a day later and you're like, okay, now I can learn from that situation because I know now I'm not going to blow up and explode this way. Like if you're if you're willing to be aware and really look at why you exploded yeah. instead of just shoving it under the rug, it'll lead you to the next time when like something else occurs and you're not going to freak out in that way. Hopefully. What you just said is the key, okay? If it's the awareness piece. So part one is experiencing our human emotions. Part two is what do you do with that? You know, do you, um, do you judge it? Like yesterday I was on a call with my friend Bree, who is a psychologist, uh, psychotherapist. And um, I'm like going through basically a divorce right now. And some days it's really hard. And she's like, I, I had a hard day. She's like, so like, how was the last 24 hours? I'm like, it was interesting. And she goes, I love that word because interesting is not judging the space that you're in. And it's not attaching to one motion. It's very exploratory, which is really good. And, and I think what you said is so key. It's like we experience our human emotions 
And then like Hiroko, my, one of my teachers says, we go into the lab. Like wh what's happening here? How is this feeling like thoughts, emotions, sensations? What am I feeling in my body? Does this feel good? Does, does this not feel good? You know? And I'm noticing this and how can I, how can I move this energy? How can I actually really understand that this will pass and I'm not going to stay stuck in this? Totally. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know. Cause it's interesting. Cause it's like, I had a few like crying, not meltdowns this week. I just like, I was just so tired that I started crying. There was literally nothing else. I was just exhausted. Yeah. And my body's like, sure. Um, but it's interesting when you become like, I think, I mean, I don't know when I was younger, I would always want to mask my emotions with whatever it was, some uh, uh, external thing. But it's like now as you get older, if you just like let yourself have the emotions and let it pass and then, you know, go back a day later and be like, okay, why was I actually crying? Why was I actually upset? It becomes so much less intense. Yeah. It just becomes like, we're, I think we're just so conditioned to be like, oh, well, if you don't feel good, fix it. If you don't feel good, go shopping. If you don't feel good, have a drink. Yeah. You had a long day at work. Go have it. Go, go, whatever. And I think that if the older I'm getting, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. There are times where I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to go shove my face, like eat a million chocolates to make me feel better. But the times when I am aware and I take a minute to like explore what that emotion was, it just makes me getting emotional less intense. Like I, I, I used to get so mad at myself for being emotional or, or reacting to things. And I think when you allow yourself the space to just like, look at it and get into the lab um i don't know things just become less dramatic yeah well you just appreciate your range more you yeah know, sometimes like we can get hijacked by our thoughts and our emotions and we when we're in them we feel like that's the only space that we're ever gonna know right that's what I used to feel like. Yeah. And the, oh, only, the only way, the only key to unlock the door of this emotion is by um, some sort of consumption that will bring like a hedonistic like pleasure, like shopping, drinking, whatever. That's the key, right? Versus the key is just simply the tuning inwards and the awareness and like, oh, it's not interesting. I'm feeling like I was a fucking rage right now. It's like fire in my stomach. Wow, I'm like really noticing these sensations in the body. My shoulders are sore, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, and I told you this. Well, I, mean, I don't remember if I did, but I went to a yoga class and the teacher, he's just the calmest person. Like I've just, I've never met somebody with this energy. He's just so calm. Is this the, the Kundalini one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nash is his name. Yeah. Yoga, Lotus Yoga Center. In, if you guys are in Toronto and listening. Um, but he said just once in the middle of a class, like the class had nothing to do with, he just said this randomly. And he's just like, you know, we're going to do this next breathing exercise and like different emotions might come up. He's like, but just let them come and stop fighting them. He's like, why do we keep doing this? He's like, just let it come. And if you want to cry, cry. If you want to get mad, get mad. And then just let it go stop holding on to it. And I was just like, it sounds so simple, but I was like, oh, it was just like such a great awareness to have. And like, yeah. something to, I've been thinking about a lot. That's what, and that's what I love so much about the practice of Kundalini or like any Kriya yoga. So if you guys don't really aren't familiar with these practices, but 
you'll go into um, a session and you know you might have to sit there with your arms over your head for like 30 minutes doing like a crazy breath of fire right and through these types of practices you go through you sit in that time and you go through a range of emotions and thoughts and it's all about like staying in it and observing and my teacher kia she says um she'll always say before like we're about to do a really hard kriya exercise she'll always say okay this one we're gonna poke provoke confront and elevate oh just the word provoke makes me sweat (laughs) yeah and that's and that's kind of what's happening in these practices and i found like after doing kundalini i'm able to like I'm able to experience different environments in such a different way now. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm going to be poked. I'm going to be provoked. I'm going to confront this. I'm going to observe and then I'll elevate myself from it. It's such a, as someone said to me once, and I was kind of like agitated by this, but I was like, wow. It was, they, they were like emotion. I can't remember who it was. It's culture teacher, somebody I was working with. And they were like, emotions are not a good source of reality. And they were, and I was like, oh, they're not for once my whole life. Um, and I took it as a negative, but the more I kind of do this work and just work on my own shit day to day, it, what you just said is rings so true because every morning and I, I get up and I do the same practice and the same thoughts go through my head. I don't want to do this, but I do it anyway. My emotion is telling me you're tired. You don't want to do this. It's six o'clock in the morning. You do not feel like doing this. You have a whole day of work I've had, but I sit down and I find myself pressing play and doing it anyway. So it's almost, it's almost like she's using those words to like give you the, um, give you a prompt to like, this is what's going to happen. But that, you, you're going to feel emotions just with her saying the words, but you do it anyway. Do you know what I mean? And it's, I don't know. I don't know why I'm bringing that up, but it's just, it's true. And I, you I, observe, I think about that so much. And you observe what's coming up and then it's done. And then you celebrate yourself for getting through it. You're like, wow, I didn't die. I survived. <laughs> and I, and I think about like so many experiences where I constantly like, you know, I went camping at Algonquin Park in the summer, which is in Ontario, and like hardcore camping, especially when you're in mosquito season. <laughs> I was like, why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, there were so many times where um, I was like, can I do this? Like, this is challenging. And I think, I honestly think like Kundalini like prepared me for that experience (laughs) because I'm like this, I'm noticing like I'm super uncomfortable. This is coming up, but I'm just going to breathe through it. I can do it. I'm just going to observe what's coming up and I made it through, you know, and there's lots of situations like that. There's, there's the, you know, the moment I have to interact with someone who's painful to interact with. And I get off the call and I'm in tears and I'm feeling sick and nauseous. That's a, that's a Kriya. That's a, that's a yoga Kundalini Kriya too, where I'm like, Hey, well, what's coming up? Where is this coming from? I'm going to breathe through this. And this is, this too will end like the Kriya will, you know? 
Well, yeah. And I mean, we talk about this on every single podcast. People are probably like, okay, we get it. (laughs) But the reason why we're always talking about it is because it's not an easy practice to do. It's a lot of breath work. It's a lot of staying in the same position for a long time. It's a lot of repeating the same thing over and over. It's, it's doing the same thing for 40 days sometimes. Um, but I think, I think I always like harp on these kinds of things that are difficult to do because I think our culture right now is so like, oh, if it's not feeling good, just give up. Or like, really, like, if it, like, if, if it's really, really hurting, just give up. Like, I mean, there are, there are, there are, like, you don't want to overdo it. Of course, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is like, you think athletes have coaches who are like, you know what, if you don't want to do the next jump, don't do it. No, that's not how you get yeah. to the Olympics. Like yeah. sometimes things are not going to feel good and they're going to feel hard and rough and brutal and you've got to push through. Oh my God. This is like a whole other conversation, I think, especially within the workplace because, you know, younger people are being really taught by this like consumerism narrative that you should always feel pleasure. And that yeah. I think is leaked into like work where it's like, I only want to work on my passion and be in alignment. And then they open a business and they're like, I don't want to do the like finance side of it. I don't want to do my bookkeeping. That's not my passion. Or I don't want to like do the hard stuff in the business. And it's like, it's not all about pleasure. Like there is work. The amount of disgusting shit jobs I've had, the amount of free work I've done. And that's the thing. It's like, and it's like, I'm not blaming the younger, like, I, but I see it, like, even with my sister, like, people, they're like, well, I don't want to do it because it's like, da, da, da. and I'm like, do you know the shit you got to go through to get where you want to get? Like, <laughs> to get to do your passion, you got to go through the shit. I'm sorry. It's just what it is. But you can, it's in any, like, oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's such a thing, but it's in every area of our life. Yeah. I think we're so just taught to like, okay, well, if you've reached your max, but it's like, you don't even know what your max is. No, no. You don't even know what the max is because you not even you're not even ten percent there. Yeah, yeah. And that's because and and it's not people's fault that they don't know because we're being so heavily influenced by this hedonic narrative, which is like you're bored, you feel any pain or discomfort, you need to get rid of that right away, seek pleasure and do it by like only doing things that make you feel pleasurable only doing things like buying things, drinking, going out with friends, whatever, you know, life, like true, like well-being in life is not about just constantly being in pleasure a hundred percent of the time, you know? (laughs) Shit, if it was, let me me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) My crazy addicted self would be all over the fucking place. Yeah. I have to keep the pleasure to a minimum right now. <laughs> it's fine. Pleasure is fine. But there's also like, we, I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, the, like the eudaimonic approach, which is basically about like connecting to flow and, and doing things that makes like work, but helping you get into a flow state, you know, and that really brings on a sense of well-being. And that's not all about just pleasure chasing, right? Totally. I don't know how we got from forgiveness to here, but I fucking love it. (laughs) 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 Uh, I feel like that's enough for today. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any podcasts that you've been listening to that you want to shout out or any anything you've read i know your life is crazy right now but there's this podcast that's so good 
called whipped cream radio. <laughs> I was like, what? Did you see my face? I was like, what? What is it? <laughs> well, you know, I always listen to Russell Brand. That's like my favorite. Um, I also, I like this union life, but it's, it can be, yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> it can be pretty happy. <laughs> I don't have any I don't have any new podcasts that I've been listening to, but I don't know if I've mentioned this on here before. This will be my pick for the week. RuPaul's podcast. I've yeah. told you about it before. He's yeah. just so amazing. And you're always like I'm always so surprised by his spirituality and like take on life and like just so aware of his ego and like I don't know. He's just amazing. But then he's also so fun and you'll laugh. So that's a great listen that I love. Yeah. I listen to that one every week. People are probably like, why the hell are they promoting other podcasts on their podcast? But why know, the hell not? Yeah, this is abundance thinking, guys. Totally. <laughs> not about that scarcity life. <laughs> no, fuck that. And I haven't read shit because I haven't stopped working in the past eight days. So that's my pick of the week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Basically, same over here. Yeah. And Chantel gets to do, the, to do the outro now. Take it away. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. Tuning <laughs> in, guys. Um, <laughs> sure to remember to like and subscribe. <laughs> Perfect. We love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. So, as a money coach, I always talk about the exchange of energy. You guys just listen to this dope episode for free, so don't be cheap. Make a deposit into your Karma Bank account and review and subscribe to this podcast.